the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And this young man said, and said to Jesus, no, because he had a great many possessions and there are things he was just unwilling to give up. I mean, can you imagine managing all those assets, all that wealth? It takes time. You can't, you can't serve two masters, right? You'll love one and hate the other. So preoccupied with stuff, he said no. How's that for an epitaph? Some people invest their time and effort in things that don't last. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with his new teaching series entitled Impact. So if you have your Bibles... Please return with us today to the book of Acts, chapter 17. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. When an hour passes, you cannot recover it. Time. Paul had a work schedule, but Paul was always on mission, always thinking, always preparing, always ready to give an answer, as Peter would say, for the hope that lies within him. And being on mission, he observed the world around him, and he was ready, willing, and able to speak at any moment. This took time. This took effort. This took preparation, commitment. And eventually he ends up in Athens, right? We know how Acts 17 goes. The center of the philosophical world, the academic uh, epicenter of the world. And in Athens, he went to the Jews. He talked to them about Jesus. Then he went to the marketplace and he talked to Jews or anyone who was there says in Acts 17, anyone who happened to be there. And he wasn't shopping, he was fishing. And fishing, I did it for a living once, takes time and patience and commitment. But it pays off. How did it pay off for Paul? Because there in the marketplace, on mission, on guard, always ready, investing his time, his focus, he wanted to make an impact on the world for Christ He met Epicurean philosophers, and they brought him to the Areopagus. What's that? Well, that would be like going to Oxford 
being invited to Oxford to speak or Stanford. They brought him to the most prestigious academic philosophical environment in the world. And he got to stand there in the house of Socrates, in the house of Plato, in the house of Aristotle, so to speak. And he got to explain the Christian faith. Talk about an impact. Talk about a return on the investment of time in the agora, in the marketplace. And in Acts 17, to 23, we read this. Now watch this and listen. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, I proclaim to you. Notice something here. Paul was strategic in his time. Here's a man who God is going to use to turn the world upside down, and he's walking through Athens, and he's taking it all in, and he sees this place is filled with idols, it tells us, and it very much disturbs it, troubles his soul, but he takes it in. He records it, and then consider that he connected with these people based on their world, based on, he he spoke to them, and uh, he spoke to them on their, their terms. I perceive that you're very religious. I observed the articles of worship, and I saw this statue to the unknown God, and this is the God I proclaim to you. That took time. Paul, just, Paul walked through the city. He observed things. He understood the ground on which he was walking, and he deployed his gifts and spent his time appropriately. You know, here's this nobody. He talked about making an impact, and it doesn't matter how small you are, how big your audience is. I had a colleague, this is going to sound crazy, and I just found out about this recently. A a number of years ago, he got a phone call from a guy named Guy Ritchie. And he said, look, uh, my wife and I want to talk to you because you're disturbing the energy of the universe. And we kind of want to set you straight. You know who Guy Ritchie's wife was, right? Madonna. So they send a car for him or whatever, and he goes to their home. Apparently, Madonna wasn't up for the task, so this producer-director makes all these movies, right, Guy Ritchie, uh, begins to inform him, you know, here's how the universe works, and here's what's wrong, and here's what you're doing, and you and your kind are upsetting the energy in the universe. And he listened, and then you know what he did? He's, I perceive you're very religious, and he basically shared the gospel with him. Now, the Areopagus, we know that only a few believed, right? Some said, we'll hear you again on this matter. This couple, obviously Madonna and Guy Ritchie, didn't stay together, and I don't believe that that message changed their eternities, but it took away their excuses, perhaps driving one more nail in their coffin, so to speak. But here's the thing. He, he took the time against overwhelming odds, little old him, big old them. You know, I've used this analogy with you before, this illustration, but I think it's worthwhile. 
You know, the average person, they say, now lives to be 75, even though our lifespans are now contracting, right? That's a little less than 4,000 weeks. If you're 50, you've lived close to 3,000 weeks. 75% of your life is over. If you're 30, you've used up about 1,500 weeks, so you're halfway home. I'm at about 3,400 weeks, which means I've got something like 600 weeks to go, illness aside. I've got one foot in the grave and the other foot in the banana peel. So what? How will you spend the rest of your time here in San Jose? You know, some people are waiting to get out of California, you know, the politics of this and that. The world has come to San Jose. This is a mission field not to be fled. If you can afford to live here, stay here. When you retire, you can't afford anymore. I get it, but it's time. It's about time if you want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Stop endlessly scrolling through on your phone. Ditch social media for a while. Take a fast. Stop sitting on your mother or father's sofa watching YouTube videos. You can't find a job? Go to a temp agency and witness wherever they send you. Evangelize. Are you retired? Are you infirm? Well, find ways. Pray. Find ways to serve. You were saved to serve. And as we know from the parable of the rich fool, there is no retirement in God's economy. Give God your time. Give others your time while there's time. Because to make an impact, it takes time. And your time is not your own. You were bought at a great, great price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. This, of course, leads to another question. If you redeem the time, reclaim it, what then? If you want to do that, if you say, yes, I want to do this, then where will you invest your time? Where and when? And Acts 17, 3 and 4, I think, kind of gives us a clue. Paul went in, as was his custom, on three Sabbath days, and he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Except no other substitutes. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. So where did Paul invest his time? Again, people. How? Explaining the gospel to them. You are God's ambassadors on earth. Be ready to prove to them from the scriptures that Jesus is Christ. Well, they don't believe the Bible. I don't care. What are you going to use? History? Well, the history of Christ comes from the Bible, right? I remember Vody Bauckham saying he was invited to speak somewhere, and they said, well, you know, you're going to have to speak to these people, but you can't use your Bible. He goes, why would I do that? If I were a soldier on the battlefield, why would I lay down my sword? Think about it. Because God, you know, we put the pole in the water when we go fishing, and God puts the fish on the hook. That's the sovereignty of God in fish suicide. Okay? And so some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few leading women. God did the work. God opened the eyes of the blind, opened their ears to soften their hard heart of stone. It's about people, not politics. It's not about your career. 
It's about heaven. Paul invested in people. And you know what? There's this concept in evangelism in some circles called finding the man of peace, the person of peace. Paul found these people who gave him access to the Areopagus. You know, this is what Paul is doing. He's investing time with people. He had forfeited it all for Christ to serve Christ. He had forfeited the Sanhedrin. He had forfeited the, the prestige of being a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. And instead, he invested it in the church, the church of the living God, God's church, God's people. Now, there are those who are invested elsewhere in things that don't last. People do that all the time. They have misguided uh, uh, priorities. We all know the story of the rich young ruler, right? Jesus is going on a journey, uh, Mark 10, verses 17 to 27. And it says, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, I'm going on a journey. I'm too busy to talk right now. That's not what the text says, is it? What does it say? You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Honor your father and mother. In verse 20, and he said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. Verse 21, and Jesus looking at him, look at this sentence. And Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, and in parentheses, crushed him. That's not nice. Well, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Boy, those are, there's, there's hate speech right there, huh? Can you imagine how this boy was triggered? And Jesus looking at him and loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And what does it say in verse 22? Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Loving people can hurt them sometimes. But look at this man's epitaph. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He had, or you can put it this way, he had many distractions. There's an epitaph for you. God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, on his way, stops and invests time in you. And he says, come and follow me and turn the world upside down. Lay up treasure in heaven. Leave a legacy that lasts for eternity. And this young man said to himself, no, and said to Jesus, no, because he had a great many possessions and there are things he was just unwilling to give up. I mean, can you imagine managing all those assets, all that wealth? It takes time. You can't, you can't serve two masters, right? You'll love one and hate the other. So preoccupied with stuff, he said no. How's that for an epitaph? Some people invest their time and effort in things that don't last. Distractions, time. But Jesus stopped what he was doing and invested in the man. He touched a nerve. And that, that man really showed 
what was inside of him. He had no time. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. For he had. Because he doesn't have great possessions now, I can tell you that. Because you can't take it with you. There's an epitaph, an opportunity missed to make an impact for eternity. So where are you investing your time really? How are you serving? Where are you spending your time? Are you engaged in the ministry of this church or are you passive? Are you serving or watching? Uh, are you confusing Bible, reading a Bible verse on Instagram once a day with reading your Bible? Are you taking time to renew your mind? By reading your Bible and not just some devotional? Are you growing or are you stagnating? Because you know, you've heard me say it before. You cannot cram for life and you cannot cram, cram for ministry. And you, if you're going to invest in things that really last, you've got to give your time. Now, you may want to start small, depending on where you are. Start small. That's where you can engage. How? Well, let me tell you this. 54% in the last survey we did here, 54% of Hillside serve in at least one ministry during Sunday and during the week. You know what that means? We got room for another 46%. That's you. That's you. You could serve in kids club. You could be a helper in children's ministry. You could help with the young adults. You could help with student ministries. We always need ushers. We're going to start... I think we're beyond COVID now. We also know that you can't catch COVID through touch, right? They've ruled that out. It's aerosol. So we're going to start passing the plate again. And you can continue to give online, of course. But the bottom line is you can serve on the global outreach team, the local outreach team. You can help with Fall Fest. There's plenty of places to start. Well, maybe you're afraid. That brings us to our fourth question. Are you underestimating God? If you feel afraid, ask yourself, am I underestimating God's ability to use me? I look again at Acts 17, 6. We're kind of back where we started. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of their brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men have turned the world upside down and have come here also. These men. These men. Let's forget Paul for the moment. Let's forget the Royal Air Force, the Revolutionary War, Winston Churchill. And remember Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith and his disciples. He had 11 faithful disciples. If you throw him into the mix, 12 men turned the world upside down, and it has never been the same since. 12 men. Who were they? Can you name them? Because like Paul, we owe them our eternities. Simon Peter, his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, sons of thunder, Philip, Philip the evangelist, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, son of Altheus, Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot. What were they? Well, let's look at their resumes. Mostly fishermen. There's a tax collector, a traitor to his people. And there's a reformed and reforming terrorist. Because that's what the zealots were. And the Gospels record their constant failings, their struggles, their doubts as they follow Jesus. So what's the point here? By and large, these people were nobodies. Fishermen, a trader, Gentile, tax collector, a zealot, whatever, suicide bomber, a zealot. But they served Jesus with all their deficits. Deficits like we have. And he used them 
and they used their time. They were ready, willing, and able to jump when called. Which brings us to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. And this is the story of Philip the Evangelist. And this is where he gets his nickname. And the Ethiopian eunuch, the royal official. I want you to watch this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go south toward the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he rose and went. There was an Ethiopian. A eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. I want you to think about this, okay? So, Philip ran. Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he invited Philip to come up into the chariot and sit with him. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Verse 36, and as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he went and commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went into the water, Philip and the the eunuch, and he baptized him. That's a great story, and it's a true story. It's history. It's church history. But realize what went on here. Philip, this nobody, essentially invaded the sanctity and security of a royal caravan. Can you imagine stopping the Secretary of the Treasury's convoy? Ethiopia then was like China today. It was a world power, and who was Philip? He was a nobody. But God put Philip where he was and put him in the situation, and Philip took the time to wade into waters way over his head. But the question is, was God in over his head? Was God out of his depth? No. No, don't be afraid. Don't underestimate God. He can't underestimate you. Before a word is on your tongue, he knows it. He knows your thoughts from afar. He knows your frame is but dust. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life. In this book of your life, before there is yet one page turned or one page written. He knows your frame as it was knit together in your mother's womb. He who declares the end from the beginning will see to it that you do not fail. Now, you may feel like you fail. But don't be afraid. You cannot fail because he cannot fail. So invest the time rather than being fearful and underestimating God's ability to use him. God uses all kinds of people. You don't have to have perfect hair and teeth. You can be incredibly flawed. God's word tells us that he uses the weak things of this world to confound the wicked and the great and the powerful. What will your epitaph be? And those who received his word were baptized and there were added about 3,000 souls. Will it be the epitaph of a former Pharisee? These men who have turned the world upside down have come here often. Give us your time. Give Hillside your time. Give the church your time. Give the kingdom of God your time. It's about time that you made an impact. So where do we go from here? Ask yourself, how am I investing right now my time? 
using a sporting analogy, where am I fitting into the lineup? Because the world has come to San Jose. People from every nation in the world are here, from closed countries that we can't send missionaries to. Invest the time. Invest the time. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.